0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rugby League Talks. I'm Keegan. I'm Jacob. And we're back again to finish off our 2023 squad reviews. Uh bit of an exciting one. 2019 uh Revenge Grand Final. We've got the Chooks and Canberra. Um, wow. Two, Look at that. Two big clubs that I think are gonna be on the opposite end of the spectrum this year. I think they'll make the they'll both make the eight, but one's gonna be higher up than the other. Uh, one's going to be, I think, Chooks are going to be top two while Roost... Uh, so, Canberra are going to be in the eight, but the bottom of the eight, you know?
1: You can also point out that I'm pretty sure this is our sixth episode of the team reviews. Uh, so, the irony of having six involved with anything to do with the Chooks and the Raiders makes it oh, even funnier. Oh,
0: God, I didn't even realise that. I just wanted to get that out there, because that's
1: some more fun irony.
0: Fuck me. (laughs) Uh.
1: There's there's too many clever digs at the Raiders that I can have. Four keeks.
0: Two weeks in a row, Jacob.
1: Two weeks in a row. It'll be a solo show by the next episode if I keep this up.
0: Oh, God. Um, If you missed it last week, he made fun of the Viking clap, and I wasn't too happy. I kind of just, like, sunk in my... seat and just died.
1: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have you know that I'm not the only one that has done it, because on today's r NRL team pros and cons thread, it was the Raiders, and the majority of the comments were just talking about the Viking Club, but a lot of people did say them in the positive comments, Um. so... Oh
0: yeah, you being a, yeah. an, a moderator for that subreddit now, you'd know a lot about it. <laughs>
1: Somewhat, well, it's just, just because I have to put up the um, pros and cons posts. That's, that's the job that I've been charged with, and it is it is part of a grander project, which everyone on the subreddit will see, which is going to be pretty cool, and I'm pretty happy with that.
0: Very nice. Now, if you don't follow Jacob, he does the r slash nrl subreddit, as well as the r slash nrl premium plus, which is a, cooked, a more cooked version of the uh, latter one. It's pretty good. It's funny. Yep. And... It's been, that actually brings us to today's sponsor this season the NRL Plus Discord server is proudly sponsoring the SRL Warriors ah yes
1: the NRL Premium Plus and uh, so right we are sponsoring Warriors
0: Jacob and myself are also sponsoring South Sydney in the SRL who have made the semi-finals we will verse uh Parramatta 6 10 tomorrow Queensland time I believe
1: yeah, that's for the semi-finals of the um, Newcastle Nines. Yep. Which have been a, a pretty awesome thing running so far. Uh, the Warriors, they got up in their first game, which is very proud to see. Uh, they didn't get up in the second game. They were flogged by the Eels. Masterclass by Luke Short, which was honestly pretty brilliant. Um, other than that, though, I'd say that's pretty much It's just SRL. which is great fun. Yep. If if you're listening to this and you're not involved in the SRL, then honestly, what are you?
0: Please you, you join. do
1: yourself a favor. It's a yeah. F- do.
0: It's a fun. Please environment do join. For funny and safe banter.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's the best way to put it.
0: And we also you also get to chat about rugby league, and you get to create your own player, and can, like, see yourself in a team. Uh, I play second row for Souths. Uh, I played in the nines today. Did pretty okay. Didn't do yeah, well, it's... anything amazing. And then Jacob sat out because he was—he's uh, on the and Cobo diet of eating too much. Yeah, we're, we're on
1: this. We're on the snack packs. Yes. no, it's. Um, I think truthfully, we just got benched because they wanted to give some of the younger boys a run, which I had no issue with. Obviously, because you know if you. If you're drafting guys like Daniel Keat and um, Snake Bro of course, obviously you want to give them a run, <laughs> give them some game time, and you know being able to experiment with positions a bit. So we've got Bunty playing in the halves,
0: yes, like we usually do in preseason.
1: and um, I think Simo usually gets a run at fullback, so that's pretty good.
0: Well, we've got Hallier at six, so he's been he did a he did a good good job today with his kicking.
1: Yeah, I was I was impressed. I thought his kicking in the second game was great. We talked about the um the what is it, the jail kicks a few times on the show. Yes, and he, and he was able pretty to much... perform
0: them very well. Especially yeah, up against it, two powerhouses being the new Castle Knights and North Queensland Cowboys. So it was pretty big to go up against them. We won against the Knights but lost by four points against Cowboys, so but we still made semis, which is all that counts. Reversing a pretty hot eel side. Blake House at 5'8". Um, got that new bloke at fullback who did pretty well. But we have Kevin Dixon, just saying. He he was a star for us.
1: Mm, he did look pretty good. Uh, I think Tyler Omotangi over at the Cowboys as well. Shazin, he had an absolutely brilliant performance. Oh, when he scored, um, he
0: just broke my heart into a million pieces.
1: Oh, same. It was, it was pretty sad to watch. Um as someone who was definitely cheering on the rugby league talks rabbitos. Yes. But uh, other than that, it was it was an impressive performance, what can you say? A hundred percent. But I think I like this if we do like a brief SRL chat and synopsis before
0: Yeah, get people to join. It's fun. Yeah. Just don't be a dickhead when you join and you'll be right. <laughs> um <clears throat> uh, okay, let's talk I think I want to talk about Canberra first because yep, that's a, that's I have a lot to say fish, about the yeah. Roosters, but Canberra being my team, I just want to talk about them. Because, to be honest, I personally, I don't believe there's a lot to say about them. Uh, it's, their signings have been... I think the key thing that everyone is looking at is how we've coped with signings and losses. Um, signings, we've only signed one guy, Sammy Paulo from Newcastle. Uh, Just adding to that forward depth, and I think that's what we need, to be honest. Uh, We have the outside-back depth, we just need that forward depth, because we did lose some forwards this season to injuries, and I think that's what we need to replace. Uh, Two big losses for me, I know they haven't... I know one didn't play play a hell of a lot um, this season. He only played like a game and a half because of an ACL, uh Josh Hodgson is that bloke I'm talking about uh, has been a mighty fine hooker for us in the past season couple seasons uh 2019 and 2016 is what I think think about uh don't know if you remember but Josh Hodgson was only like 3 points away from Dallien, winning Dalian that year in 2016 uh, he was also a fundamental player for us in 2019 to get to that premiership that we unfortunately lost and I think he was someone that we missed at the back end of 2020 because solely we didn't have that experience in the hooker role. Uh, he, we didn't have his craftiness, his kicking game. like. And I think the Storm game in the finals really showed that. Uh, going on to 2021, holy fuck, that was just... I can't even remember. Oh, it was um, Georgie Williams leaving that really... And fucked us Sam
1: over. Williams, Sam Williams played a lot of the seven, and that's something I was thinking about because obviously knowing we were going to do the radius today, raiders today, something I wanted to talk about with Jack White and especially, and why this new team makeup is important for his performance.
0: Well, okay, funny, you, like I hundred percent agree that Sam Williams going into the team was a saving grace for Jack's career, in my opinion, not. That year, but this year, this is how it saved his career. This year, Jack didn't do a lot of the kicking uh, when he moved to five eight. It was Aiden Caesar or Williams that really mm. stuck out. And Caesar
1: was a brilliant kicker.
0: Yes, and he got us to a premier, he got us to a grand final, which was amazing. Mm. Um, a lot of Canberra fans didn't like him. I, I didn't mind him at all. Think what didn't good. they like about Caesar? I just I don't know. I think he was just he was easy to bag because he was a half, and we weren't doing as good for a couple of years. I don't know. I thought yeah, was checks right.
1: it out. I th- I think he was one of those the small guys, type halves. He's mm. he's definitely not a flashy player, but his kicking game, you know, he he can put it where you need to put it. I quite like it.
0: Yeah, and when Georgie was there. Georgie, you know his kicking game. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, We saw (laughs) it in the World Cup. Uh, If you watch Super League, I'm sure it will replicate it back there. But it was so strange, because when George left in the middle of that season, Whiten changed his game, and he was kicking a lot more. And it was atrocious at times. And... That's because... He had a big boot, but
1: not much control.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, Cooper Cronk actually did a stat on him when he played cows because he kicked it out on the full. And since he transitioned to 5'8", in whatever year it was, he had kicked nine... He had done a ridiculous high number of kicks out of field. And... It was so strange because I don't know, don't what don't know what made Sticky think. All right, put the kicking game on Whiten, White, and we had when we had Sam Williams there. He was a great organizer. He was a very smart playmaker, and he had that kicking game. So I didn't know why we didn't just transition that to Williams. You know, um, I think, and that's what baffled me. And also losing Hodjo in that year again too, didn't work out. Um we had Starling and starting, I believe. And then you had Papalihi who didn't perform that year. You had CNK who is another loss this year who unfortunately did his neck hurt his neck real bad and he didn't play for the majority of the season. Um But this year I feel like we've upped it. We've we've gotten back to where we wanted to be. Uh was it scrappy? Hundred percent. It was the scrappiest we could be, especially at the start of the season. Uh, but it, I think, again, it was the injuries that really set us down. Uh, we had Fogarty get injured prior to the season starting with a knee cartilage injury. Injury Had Hodjo get, go down in Game 2 of this season. And then we had... Um, we just kept switching our halves partners, I think... I think Jackie Boyd got COVID at one point. Um, CNK got injured again and just didn't play for the entire season. So then Savage came in and filled a spot. We had Matt Frawley at one point. Frawley and Snyder.
1: It was because I think CNK also wasn't performing that well when he mm. was playing. Um,
0: yeah, he didn't Especially
1: have... in New South Wales Cup, he definitely still did have his athleticism in his powerful frame. But I think that his game IQ at certain points was lacking. Like, it,
0: yeah,
1: it'd be really hesitant on certain overlaps. And when you're a fullback running sweet plays, you don't really want that too much.
0: I think his confidence really let himself down uh, yeah. when he came back from injury, Good call. Uh Which I, I could see in game, around two of his season, when uh, he, they versus Cowboys up in North Queensland. Hmm. Uh,. We didn't change the forward pack around a lot this season, which I liked. I think changing the forward pack around a lot last season is what didn't help at all. Uh, I also think the emergence of Zach Woolford this season really stuck out. Because while he's not an 80-minute hooker and while he won't run the ball, he can do tackling, he can absorb that damage that Starling can come out and just nip teams apart through the middle. Um, and I think we can also hold that down to a strong performance from the forward pack with, like, Tarpini, Papo he uh, Hudson mm-hmm. Young, Corey Haran and Nairon he played, but also one bloke in particular, which I'd like to mention, I wished we re-signed him this year, and that's Adam Elliott. Um, a one-year contract, and I think he had a lot of proof after his little Bulldogs stint. He was... Amazing for us. I absolutely love Adam. Whenever he was on the field, I thought, "Fuck, we've got this. We got this. We got the mentality." His defense is what really stuck out, and his big hit and how he'd run the ball and he'd get a fast play the ball. That's what stuck out to me. He was that guy who could do the the dirty work, and then, then others could capitalize off it. Like I said, uh, Starling would capitalize off it by running the ball, and that's what Starling's greatest strength is is by having a Strong performing forward pack. Kind of like Appy. While he doesn't have that manipulation like Appy, he has that running game uh, like Grant and like Robson, which was great for us. We can get on the front foot a lot from uh, the blokes in particular in that forward pack. Starling, Tarpany, Elliott. Hudson Young was also a great edge player this year for us. Uh...
1: He was amazing. Unlock. One of the best second rows in the comp.
0: He was clutch at times. And I think Whiten, him, him pairing with Whiten was amazing. Whiten improved his kicking game a lot this season. He was able to read read defensive lines better. Um, his defense was okay at top, like at times. And I think... Sebastian, Chris, and him got targeted a lot this season in defense, especially against the Parramatta, Semi, um, and then that kind of just led to let the team down. I think not like their performance. But well, like... it
1: wears out Whiten. Yeah, it does. Because that's one of your strategies when running at halves is you you basically choose the half that you want to wear out, right? And that's because they they expend all their money money up. <laughs> They spend all of their energy in defense, and so that's why you know when teams would be playing against, for example, you look at the Cowboys. They generally run in a Deedon's direction more often because they know that he's the one they would try to tire out.
0: Yeah, because he won't be uh, that running threat, and I think we'll see a lot of teams with that. Teams target... love doing
1: it to Katoni Stags too, because they know that if they get Stags early on, trying to absorb some of the defensive stuff. He's not a yardage center either. Mm. So they know that, especially when the Broncos were missing Funworth, they would target Stags even more because they knew, not because Stags is like an Aberon defender, but it's just because they wear him out and then suddenly he can't take the yardage work. The Broncos don't have players with in the back line with that much energy to start taking on those early hit-ups.
0: 100%. And I also think... With White and he needs to be, he needs to have that energetic feeling to be on. If he exactly, if he he'll work his ass off all throughout the game, but he'll pace himself, and he's smart yeah. about doing that. When um, Jamal Fogarty came back. I think that really helped too, because oh, absolutely Fogarty's kicking game in the first two to three matches wasn't great because you know he just came back from injury. he, didn't, he play New, didn't play New South Wales
1: he also had a few issues where
0: and this is something that's kind of endemic
1: to the raiders halves for a while too and this is what i want to talk about sam williams when they brought in sam williams in 2021 he he was an all right organizer organizer and kicker as a backup like he's obviously he's an amazing clubman it's very sad to see him he's another departure for the raiders this year Mm. um but technically last year but he he also had this problem where he would run across all of his line runners Yes. And the the Raiders wouldn't have any people running in motion for a line. They'd have Harawara and Naira who'd try and run a line. But other than that, it was a very stagnant attack and it was only moving sideways because the, the half would have to try and find something with an overlap. But if there's no line runners, then no one in the defensive line has to commit. So it doesn't work out. And in his first few games, I think Fogarty was falling into a similar trap. However, later on, eventually he started to straighten up the attack where he knew his job was just to dig more into the line. Create some space for Jack Whiten, who's going to be the primary creator in the attack.
0: I see. I also like how I don't think CNK is a big playmaker.
1: No. Neither he's, is Savage. He's more of a. Yeah. Um, CNK is definitely more of that Joey Manu type, just pure running fullback than, say, the, the more ball playing fullbacks. You know, you look at guys like Drinkwater or Gutherson.
0: Yeah. And when you, when you take... See, this is the thing that the big question mark over Canberra. We've seen three out of four spine players get injured. And like we see what happens to them. What happens if Wyden's injured?
1: It's mm, a good point. They kind of do tend to try and rely on his durability, which, I mean, makes sense. We saw what his knees did to Ryan Pappenhausen. That boy obviously drinks his Canberra milk yeah bet every night but jeez.
0: um you, you can probably see like brad snyder but his really own playmaking is his kicking game if he's like his grub is close to the line
1: Ooh, i
0: but you watch I more new south Wales to... cup than me so I... i'm only based on the yeah
1: based on the resume schneider's amassed in his new south Wales cup career you can even just find some schneider highlights compilations based on what he's done at New South Wales cup because there's Rugby League Scout, I believe that name on YouTube is, who they do a nice job compiling things. Mm-hmm. Um, Snyder, he, he's very good at using his frame when close to the line with his running game. Yep. But he's also got decent passing vision. Uh, he's he's good at reading overlaps. He doesn't really leave them unused.
0: I, I did, or at least I, I,
1: he hasn't do anything silly.
0: I think his role changed when he was at seven. For Canberra. Yeah. So that's what I'm speaking from my experience seeing him at seven. I go, yeah, of course. Um, so he could be a really good uh, replacement for Jacko if he gets injured. Um, best. Let's go over this best 17 because it realistically it goes unchanged. Except yeah. for someone I'd like to add, and that's another bloke who's been injured for the past, Eighteen months, unfortunately. Uh, so at fullback, I've obviously got Xavier Savage. I don't think he questioned anyone else. Personally, I'll try and keep this like relatively cusp, crisp. I don't want to offend anyone, um, or I don't want to put Savage down. I don't like Savage as a player, in my opinion. Mm. I, but like he's fast and he can go through a line. That's absolutely brilliant. He's... It's his durability.
1: Organization, durability.
0: That's what I don't like because every like Steve Roach mentioned it every time Um he played the ball. He just started limping. I'm like, fuck you. Now we're losing another fullback. So I I think he just needs to get a bigger frame, which he has. Oh my god, if you've seen the preseason photo, holy shit. The gun's (laughs) on the bloke.
1: But also, Wighton is looking absolutely shredded. Oh, yeah. He usually does, but it's it's like next level this year.
0: They're looking some fit boys up and down in Canberra, I will say. And I think that's thanks to the new coach down there. Can't remember his name, but fuck, he's good.
1: And drinking their milk.
0: And drinking their milk. They've been on
1: the Shane Flanagan milk, I'll tell you that.
0: Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Maybe not that, but... (laughs) Yeah, um, on the wing, I've got Kotrick and Rappinah. Obvious, like that's gonna be unchanged. I don't
1: it's it's a good wing pairing.
0: Yeah, and uh, in the senses i I've got Matt Tomoko, and I've actually got Jared Croker.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh Croker. Obviously, he may be coming back from injury, uh, pending his shoulder, because he did dislocate it against the doggies in around. Twelve, maybe no it was before twelve. I
1: think, th- I think there were a few injuries
0: yeah there was a few I, I his mean, shoulder was the main one and then he also had stem cell surgery in his knee yeah but that was last preseason this I there's,
1: there's always I think there was one where he like was reaching for his TV remote
0: yes so that was the shoulder it popped out again so he dislocated yeah, that it going is... to try in the doggies game and a couple of weeks I'm later, sad. TV, the TV remote got um. D- Disconnected. Um,
1: that is just generally just so sad, especially for someone like Croker who, I, I just like want to see his him importance to
0: reach the three hundred games at the club. That's my big thing. Let him play for that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree really just because I, Jared Croker is one of those things that just feels like has always been around. Yeah. He's just constantly ever-present as a clubman. I think
0: he's been around since 08.
1: Yeah, I think somewhere around there.
0: And I have a lot of respect for Jared. And, you know, he's been the skipper. There's a reason why he was chosen to be the skipper. And I just want to see my skip come back. Hmm. Like, he's great. I love Jared. um, Just... It's kind of like the he's kind of like the Anthony Don of of Canberra. Everybody loves Jared.
1: I think that's a good way to put it because some clubs just have those clubmen that seem to embody their team more than anyone else does. Mm. Um, like for the Cowboys, I think you have Jake Granville. Yes, <laughs> which is weird because Jake Granville is not a one club player. He debuted at the Broncos. Yeah, but despite debuting for the Broncos, he is like.
0: He's a cowboys just man. Become
1: too. a cowboys legend. Yeah, every, everyone loves Jakey. They they love his mop hair. They most importantly, he's just an absolutely outstanding bloke off the field. Oh yeah. And like no matter what role they give him, he's just like, Yep, yeah, sure, I'll do it, don't care. Um and so obviously him signing boots for people after games and everything, it's just top bloke. And I was like, Croker reportedly seems to be very similar. And obviously, he's stuck around the club for a long time. He hasn't really, you know, tried to extort them or anything. So, no, he's, he's been a pretty good clubman.
0: Um, I'd also like to point out that uh, he holds, I think he holds the Canberra record uh, for most points scored. And I think
1: he's passing a few players all time.
0: Yeah, he has. He's surpassed a lot. Um, where, how he'll play, I don't know. He did play a lot of New South Wales Cup, and like I said to uh, earlier, I don't watch a lot of New South Wales Cup, unfortunately. Uh, I kind of just watched like the Blackhawks, and that's it. Mm. Um, and that's obviously Q Cup. In so moving forward, I got in the halves. I've got Whiten and Fogarty. That that's not going to change. I don't think Snyder yeah. or Frawley will come in uh, unless there's injury. Yeah. Starting props, uh, Papa Leighy and Tarpany again. I yep. So the big thing for me with Papa Lihi, and I think I've said this before, how does Papa handle a shortened off-season? We saw uh, he wasn't in previous years. Uh, he did a boxing fight up here in North Queensland against Ben Hennett. And I think mm. training for that and not being on footy, not training on footy, uh, kind of wrecked it. He had a very big preseason. So, what? how does a shortened preseason go for Papa? Like, how fit will he be when he comes back? Um, Tarpany, he's coming off a fucking fantastic year. Holy smokes.
1: He's, he's definitely one of the form prompts in the competition. 100%. And he. Could you go as far as saying probably just the best prop in the NRL? I don't think I he's the like best good.
0: prop but he's one of the best. Oh, outside
1: of maybe James, James Fisher Harris, I think probably has that See, title firmly in his hands. And then you've got Payne Haas as well, who I think still should be named around there because yeah. he's been playing with two busted AC joints, but yeah.
0: um, He's top five. I don't think he's top three. Oh, who would you have top three? Fisher, Fisher one, hmm? two pain, three, three. On I wanna go Barlo. I think. Okay, that's that's
1: respectable. He's definitely he's an outstanding player.
0: Four, Tarpani, five. It would be five. Don't know who five would be. I wanna say Cotter. But then he didn't Yeah, I
1: was thinking about that.
0: Yeah. But I no one else comes to mind. Like maybe Adam Finu or Blake.
1: I think that's a bold one given that he didn't really do too well.
0: He was good at, at the early. Warriors. He did go good early on. I remember See, second row is a lot easier for me. Props are just. Fuck. The prop
1: is. It's a much more complicated position yeah. than I think a lot of people give credit do to. You,
0: do you just go nut trucker and, like, big boy go smash? Or do you just, like, do fast playables and, like, a genuinely all around good prop? Like, hit hard. No one. Smart defensive line. A fast defensive line, offload.
1: That's the funniest part because no one's really in agreement for any of that. You know, even mm. the coaches at certain teams will look for different things. So, cause there, there are some people who want to stack their team out with the biggest props they can find. There are others who are obviously going for their more um slimmer, quicker players. You look at the Cowboys who. Outside yeah. of Tamalolo, who are they starting? they starting Cotter and McLean. Both of them are lean, quick play the balls, defensive orientated players. See, some would go
0: 5th RCG. I don't see it. Neither, to be honest. I would go maybe, like, Nelson of uh, Solomona as a, over...
1: That's a fair shout.
0: RCG. I will say,
1: though, I think that once we get back to it, Christian Welch is definitely up there.
0: Oh, f- fuck yeah, just because of his leadership. I would g- give him top five because of his leadership any day.
1: He's outstanding. I feel so uncomfortable, like, predicting the downfall of the storm as long as they've got Christian Welsh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, Welchie coming back is going to be big. I-, I can't wait to see it. He's going to be fit, I reckon. He, he's going to be wanting to hit blokes all day. Um. But, like, yeah, like I said, props are pretty hard to pick top five compared to second rowers. Because second rowers are just a bigger... a mix between half without the kicking game and maybe... Oh, maybe not. Like, they just they're pivotal to defensive lines like communicating uh ball movement and generally just being smart with their line running That's... pretty
1: much yeah like it's um I think I think a poor second rower sticks out much more than a poor prop does yeah whereas for good ones it's a much more consistent criteria because you have some people that will look at guys like Matt Lodge, David Clemmer, I think those are the best props in the ARL. Yeah. You'll have other guys look at guys like Fisher, Harris, Cotter, and say that those are the best props in the NRL. And it's because people are just. They're using different criteria when evaluating these players.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. Second rows are just like. mean. Man. Like. They bully halves all day. It's ridiculous what they can do. Like, if you look at Kekau, Papaliki, Nanai, is a good one with his line running. Um, who else? Tupinua Tupenu, from Chooks. Nat Butcher's is pretty good sometimes. Fafida. Tommy Gilbert. L- L- Lua. Like, fuck. They're like top 10. Yep. Um, alright, moving... We need to continue this forward pack for... Um... The Raiders, yes. Raiders, yes. Zach Wilford is going to be 9. He's going to be starting 9. Stick to what they're doing with Starling. Um second rowers for this year, uh, I did a little bit of a mix-up. Young and Corey, Hurry and Naira are going to be my second rowers. And we're going to move Ali- Elliot Whitehead to Locke, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be pretty nice to see. I hope that they do go ahead with it.
0: I I would like to put like Corey 13, but I feel like the what happened was when we subbed Adam Elliot off why had, like, Smell went into that lock position, and Corey just went into his position. He went to second row, and he just ran lines. And that's, it and mean, we have spoken about Corey before, on his greatest thing being line running. And you have a bloke like Jamal Fogarty, who has now adapted to into this team. He knows his job now. He knows how to do it well. And that's just, like, allowing his line runners to do their job. Um... I think you t- you have two very good second rowers there to pick from, uh, one being Hudson Young, and I think Hudson will stick on the left hand side. But if I'd even love to see like Corey go to the left hand side at one stage and see how he goes with Jacko, mm. uh, because that left hand side for us was dangerous for m- most of the year when we were on uh, bench Tom Starling. 20 minutes into the game put him on tied forward pack let him run uh, Corey Horsburgh Emre Gula and Peter Holler for the remaining um, bench now if you don't know who Peter Holler is let me introduce you to him mm. he is originally from the Cowboys yep he debuted in 2019 he didn't play last year for us. Oh, that fucking dog. Uh, <laughs> he He's a good... Um, villain, I think. He's a very good villain. But looking back at it now, going over this pre I think there's someone even better who can replace Polar. And that's actually Trey Mooney.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a fair shout. Yeah.
0: Trey Mooney... He's played for Canberra this year. Uh, he played under 19's origin for the Blues. He was actually, I, I think you'll remember this meme. He was the bloke shadow boxing before the uh, Roosters game in the trials last season. And Cooper Cronk, Ooh. after seeing it was like, us oos on camera and he was ducking and weaving and he looked like a fuckhead but fuck it was funny. <laughs> um, Good memes. I, I love Cronk. I think, I, I... Oh yeah.
1: I know that he cops Flack for his commentary, but I feel like he, it. He I think it's just a result of him copping way too many at to the head of his, because his actual footy brain is fantastic.
0: I don't. I don't think he's that energetic fellow though. Like, with his. Charisma. Oh, he's not. He, he's not charismatic. I don't care. Like, yeah. Watch okay. him.
1: Watch him with Maddie Johns on the Maddie Johns podcast though. Oh, that's what that. Oh. That is going to completely change everyone's perception of Cooper Cronk oh, yeah. if they sit down and watch them analyze plays. I think it was a podcast.
0: Um, early in the year when we first, when I first started watching it, because fuck, he's smart, and that's why I love his commentating because he's actually yeah. smart. Um,
1: yeah, he doesn't get the words out. Yeah, but when he, on the occasional chance when he does, it's pretty good. I think it's because he used all of his literary power when he was absolutely destroying Buzz Rothfield on NRL 360 that one time.
0: Oh, God. I love it. I love that clip so much.
1: Glorious, glorious And he video. didn't hold
0: back, which was the amazing bit.
1: Not in the slightest. He just nailed every word perfectly.
0: Um, I said on the podcast a couple months ago, you give me a two hour, like an hour and a half podcast of of um, Billy Slater and Cronk talking absolute footy, inject it into my veins, man. Oh my God, that would be so good. Because those two have the smartest footy brand going around. Fuck, even add Sean O'Sullivan into that in a couple of years, and oh, glory. Sean
1: O'Sullivan, you reckon?
0: I reckon he's... Yeah, I reckon. I think he's got a very smart footy brain. Oh. I think we'll see it this year.
1: Fascinating.
0: That's a big... I know it's a big um, prediction, but I'm sticking to it. I think... Osiphan, what, what,
1: what tips you off about that?
0: I think how he did at the Warriors. You know, that Warriors side in 2021 wasn't fantastic, but he was really, like, he he made some smart decisions, and he adapted it even better at Penrith, like, he adapted his game, he evolved Uh, Mm. his kicking game from, he was averaging uh, about 150 kick metres per game at Ross he moves Penrith, he doubles it and Mm. his kicking game we've spoken about his kicking game, superb he could be better with like um his inside balls. But
1: Yeah, I was gonna get onto that.
0: I think I think with him and Bennett, like Bennett said, Oh, I can't wait to work with this
1: bloke.
0: <laughs> I think Bennett sees his the IQ and I I really think he's gonna go around the Dolphins. Depending on who his five eight is. But I think he can work with with whoever Bennett sticks with. I, I,
1: I... I think it'll be Milford just so they can get Katoa to yeah, get developed. used to playing against grown men. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, no, but I think Sean's pretty smart. And Ooh. even Andrew Johns has said it.
1: You... To be fair, though, Andrew Johns has also said that Luke Brooks is going to be an Origin player one day, I believe.
0: That he's... was when he was trying to get him to fucking Newcastle, though, wasn't it?
1: That was... That was ages ago, but he's also yeah. been very persistent with it.
0: Yeah, right.
1: A- Andrew Johns has been a lifelong Luke Brooks fan.
0: Interesting, okay. I... I think he's bag of tricks with his kicking. That's what's going to help, I think. Hmm. With an aging forward pack of the Dolphins. I've... The Don even said this. Um... With an aging forward pack, his kicking could be really good because it could allow for that extra time for the um, forwards to just like get that and breath back. Who
1: said this? Did you say? NRL Don, NRL Don. Okay.
0: Yeah. No, I. They so said one, of I in initially shortest... that you meant. No, 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 not Anthony Don. No, <laughs> no, no, no.
1: to <laughs> say, hey, what's he doing?
0: No, 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 no. Oh, he's making TikToks with Titans. That's what he's
1: doing. Oh, I saw that. That's That was outstanding. That was funny. It was staunched up. I love... Did you see Jai Arrow's reaction? <laughs> what the... F- yeah. What the fuck are you, yeah, we... you cunts doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was all time. I love that they censored it and everything. Oh, Absolute yeah. gold. Paddy Carrigan. Top just did... class. Did... I Carrigan did with The, the lights and
0: stare. w W-Riz. W-Riz. <laughs>
1: Top you your <laughs> <laughs> this this dude.
0: Oh,
1: uh, uh, it was it was fantastic though. It's Titans media team, absolute w. Not to get sidetracked, but yeah. Oh yeah, they're
0: good. they, they get, they're, they're good. Um, alrighty. Is there any players to watch for me? Right, Savage, hey. see C, Corey Hariri, and Naira. Savage with his durability. And if he's as buffed as he is now, I think... I want to see if that gets better. Tarpani, mm. he's coming off a very strong season. Dalian prop of the year. Can he back it up? Does it... Can his body endure it for two seasons in a row? Don't know. But he's going to be a, mm. strong, a strong bloke for us. And we're going to rely on him on some games. Um, another bloke, Corey Naira. Just seeing how he goes with a, a starting spot on the right edge, I believe he, I think he will get a starting spot, it's either Smell stays on the right side or he goes to lock, um, or, Kori Haruna start, starts to lock, you know, I, I think, it's a, Mitch, it's a swap between those two, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, Sticky does, um, who are you wanting to watch this season? I think, is going to be um, one of yours,
1: one, but also Walford. Okay. Um, But also adding on to that, I want to say Fogarty because Fogarty, he is going to be key to the team no matter what. Any halfback is, but especially with the context of Jack Wynne and his style of football. So he is a powerful runner of the ball. He likes to get his hands on the ball so he can run it. And that is what opens up the rest of his game. Yeah. Now, for him to do that, you want to be getting him the ball in positions where he can be threatening that overlap. So it's going to be about the quality of the line engagements from Fogarty, something he does do all right. But there are the occasional issues with it. Obviously, you know, he's not... He, he's not as fast as a... and He doesn't really have that sense of where to hit, like Kiri, you know, not that those guys are sevens at the moment, but just an example of you know, what you look for, with quality line engagements. Yeah. But it's going to be important seeing whether he can at least maintain the standard he was at and build that combination with Whiten. Now, in a similar vein, Wolford, he is going to be mega important. Um, because when you look at, obviously, when Canberra made that grand final run in 2019, where they, they did it off the back of Hodgson in particular in his amazing performances... They need to get something similar out of Walford. Obviously, that's a massive ask because he's coming into his first full year, really, because he kind of just got chucked in. Yeah, he but he's yeah. But other than that, he's done a lot job so far. And you just want to see consistent improvement from him, yeah. especially just him getting the best service as possible. Do Fogarty, who can try and get some good ball to widen and let him work his
0: magic. Yeah. It's, I'm excited to see how they go. However, I also have those, like, I also have doubts because could we fall back into the slump we were in over the past two seasons? Absolutely, we can. Um, mm. We're very inconsistent with that, especially with teams that are wanting to make the eight now, like Doggies and Broncos. Like, they're, they're starving to make the eight. Bronx narrowly missed out. We just kicked them out of the eight. Like we just like we had. We were holding the door shut for two weeks, just trying to not let them in. Um. So yeah, I think though, I think it's going to be tough. Um, I don't think we have the skill in the spine just yet. Like with Wilford and um, Savage to make the top four. Mm -hmm. so I think being consistent uh, managing injuries is going to be a big one for me that's what I want to see from Canberra like how do we how do we limit the injuries you know of course stuff can happen like a random uh, obscure injury like an ACL unfortunately that can happen out of the blue but it's like what we've spoken about with Tommy with Pappy with Latrell Loading your players, making sure they get enough rest, and we're not overworking them. Mm. What, what What do you personally want to see from this Canberra side moving into the next season?
1: Um, just show some heart, really. Um, because that's Raiders fans who are dedicated bunch.
0: Yeah. I, I tell Obviously you, what with... yeah, they better be fucking performing when I go down to Canberra this year. I'm going down there, mate. Reversing the seagulls oh, on a Sunday afternoon. I'm gonna be amped. They better be amped. to it, It's more... a
1: home. If it's a home game, it's gonna be very cold. So, oh yeah. Hopefully, it there. creates that that stereotypical um, Canberra fortress atmosphere.
0: Yeah, man. I can't wait to. See the... I can't wait to see our puny little cap happen in person. All right. Oh. <laughs> No, I I'm excited. Well, I think
1: Prepare for the Josh Schuster masterclass.
0: Oh fuck off.
1: It is inevitable. Josh Schuster will cook.
0: No. No. He won't cook.
1: He's he's gonna do it at like the worst possible time.
0: Oh if he does, oh I'm gonna be like Trey Moon and punches will be thrown.
1: It's it's the exact same thing as like his past two seasons with Manly, where it just keeps failing and failing and failing, but then eventually it just accidentally
0: works. I want to make sure we actually are versing those blokes at home. It bet- I think it is Manly. Um, no. Like, like you said, just, I think consistency is key. How do we do it? Just the right mentality, like you said. Yeah, it's, um... Oh, damn, we have two back to back games at home. Let's go. Let's trot. Yeah, it's Manly.
1: Let's trot.
0: The game uh, the weekend before it is Parramatta.
1: Fantastic.
0: Yeah. And then reverse the doggies at Magic Round.
1: That, that's going to be very fascinating.
0: That is. It's going to be interesting to see where those blokes are at. Um, I think
1: Magic Round is going to be just absolute banger this year.
0: Yeah, well, there's a couple games like a St George Tigers game, which looks like okay, looks interesting.
1: The Jacob Little Bowl. The Jacob Little. Bowl. The, the Ben. The Benji Marshall Bowl, even. Ooh.
0: True, true. Imagine that becomes a thing. in The, t- t- of the years Tim
1: Maltzan Bowl. Oh good lord! Now it's, now the, it's no. the ball to decide. No. The, they're getting caught. The commemorative ownership of Tim Moulton. No, it's not cooked. <laughs> He's a Tigers legend. Oh. Put some respect on Tim Moulton's name. That boy was quick. That boy was cracked in the OG Rugby League Live. Did you know that? I did not. It's... You, you need to know it. And if you don't know, now you know. It's like... It's... T- who are the most cracked players in that game? Obe Gaia from the Cowboys? who now has the Ope Guy Cup named after him. Mm-hmm. He was insanely quick. Um, William Zillman, <laughs> of all people, was insane in that game. Um, obviously, obviously um, anyone that performed well in the 2009 season was, but yeah,
0: yeah the who was like
1: my childhood. Went on a bit of a tangent there.
0: You know who's really good in rugby league life, Warwick? Right? Who? James Graham.
1: He is. He's a he is. beast. Post contact meters beast. This yeah. finds the gap. I think um who else is in my favourite forwards and wrong Billy 4? Um both of the Melbourne props. they're pretty good. Yeah. I think, I think um, I think McLean is pretty good too. Oh.
0: Someone's trying to talk to me. I realize I left my headset on for my Xbox. So it's YouTube <gasps> playing for my headphones.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: Yeah. Um I think it's time to move to the Chooks, don't you think?
1: The Chooks, yeah. No, that was not much more to say so about the Raiders, so Just up the I'll milk. With the shot. Drink your milk, up ladies milk, and gentlemen. Yeah. Drink your Canberra milk. Um not confirmed as safe for Ryan Pappenhausen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um can't ask him at the moment. He's currently in America, sponsored by Grilled.
1: Sponsored by Grilled. Yeah, that is true. I did see that. That is so fascinating. Yeah, it's the most interesting TPA that I think I've seen.
0: It's um, yeah. I mean, good burgers.
1: They they are they fantastic burgers. I love those things.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. What the f- oh, that dog. Um, all right. Roosters signings: two, one big one that has been the m- main talking point, and that is Corey Allen. No, I'm gamming. I'm gamming. Uh, so Corey Allen, Jackson Paulo, Jack Turpin, and the big signing, the legit true signing, Brandon Speak Turpin. Oh no, no,
1: it's it's Turpin time.
0: Well, okay, I think it is Turpin time at fourteen. With, uh, it's Turpin time. It's Turpin time. It is. It will At be Turpin time. At
1: 14. Turpin time is inevitable. Broncos fans on Reddit are devastated that they can no longer host Turpin Tuesdays. Uh, <laughs> this, is what, this is what they call Team List Tuesdays. Um, it, It's horrible news for them. They're, yeah. they're not coping. But unfortunately, I think they'll just have to bathe in the tears that result of passes that go in the backwards direction and land safely in the hands of their halfback.
0: <laughs> um, God damn it. S- losses that they've got, they're taking a little hit in the forward department. takiaho Daniel Sakul-Kafida, Oliver Guildhart, Sam Verles, Renofa-Tony. Um, big one there is takiaho for me. Yeah. I think, like I think, uh, at
1: his at his best, he was one of the better forwards in the comp. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Obviously, we haven't seen that recently, I guess. But you know, going to the back end of twenty nineteen, I think in particular, he was a he was silky. he yeah, and he was a force to be reckoned with because he's a big body. He's powerful. Yeah, you know, he's not just skilled. He's one of those guys where they they really do blend that skill with that just pure brute force.
0: Yeah, he would be like the top five prop if he was still playing like that.
1: Pretty much. Um I would
0: I didn't say Sam Barrels was the big one, kinda because I think it gets negated by Turpin and Smith coming to the club. I think Smith Somewhat. I think
1: Smith definitely. Turpin maybe not. Um because like is better than Turpin, but Smith is better than both of them.
0: Yeah. I, I say Turpin as in it adds just depth to the hooker spot. Like, he, you have three genuine yeah. hookers at that club now. Um, Watson, he is injured at the time being, so I do think we'll see Turpin. It depends
1: if you count Watson as a nine, though, because I think he plays his best footy. Yeah, he plays his yeah. best footy when he like that roaming forward role. Uh, Was the Knights, he was fantastic when he came on at 13. He helped to link up their attack, and obviously when they did that, they made the finals that year, so...
0: 100%. So yeah, I think Turpin may go 14 solely because of it. Like, Mm. just to fill in that spot for Watson. I don't think it's been officially confirmed what the injury is. It it was thrown around as an ACL. No confirmation as of yet, but it... the only thing that has been confirmed is that he'll be out for a little while. Um, Alright.
1: It's a non-contact injury. It's definitely not a good sign.
0: Yes, 100%. Um, non-contact is probably one of the worst, you would say, because it just happens naturally. It doesn't happen with any strange force. It's just, like, a slight movement. Um, same with, like, Christian Walsh's injury. Um, it was just going off, like, pushing off that leg and he ruptured his achilles which is just Just, yucky to think about
1: the sniper from the background yeah terrifying thing to see
0: um yeah it's like your heart sinks when that happens because I think it happened to um Kiri as well the previous year but Let's look at his best 17. Of course, we're not going to change anything with Tedesco. You, if you think Tedesco's washed up, like, a lot of people were hating on Tedesco early rounds of the season because Roosters weren't hitting that stride. They were calling Tedesco overrated, mate. Tedesco's not overrated. He'll get the job done. Like, I reckon he played pretty well. Sure, he wasn't doing the best in those early rounds, but fuck it. Any other seasons, you can't just base a bloke's performance. Like you can't call him overrated or underrated over a five-game streak. You you have to look at everything. He's won in his first two years at Roosters. He won two premierships. He captains the Kangaroos. He captains New South Wales. He captains most prestigious club in NRL history, being the Chooks, That's not overrated in my opinion, man. Would you
1: agree? Um, Yeah, you you definitely need to give it some more time uh, when it comes to judging a player's form, especially when it comes to Tedesco. All you're really looking at in that scenario is just trying to make sure that your your players are putting in the effort that they can. And when it comes to Tedesco, you know that that was still happening, but it's just that everything around him wasn't quite working. And when it's like that, then... You know, form dips can happen, but it's not a... It's not a critique of them as a player as a whole.
0: Yeah. Um, the backline does change, I think, because... Okay, in my opinion, you don't play Momoroski. Hmm. I don't think he had a... He didn't have a good year last year. Um... But I think signing, I think you signed Jackson Paulo for a reason. I think signing Jackson Paulo is for starting center. I've got Tupo and Sobali on the ring, uh, and Manu, of course, in center. And Paulo, you could swap him out for Momoroski. I, I just think it comes down to preseason. And I how-
1: agree, but I rate Memo above Paulo just because of how poor some of Polo's defensive efforts were. But that's not that's not like a death knell for his entire career. I just think that he should be learning in New South Wales Cup because Momorovsky has the more experience.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I, in my opinion, I don't think Momo did a great offensive or defensive run. He didn't have any yeah. outshining moments. Um, of course, I think his highlight from last year, unfortunately, will be getting ragdolled by Stags.
1: I personally think his highlight was when I think he scored a try on Stags in the next game. <laughs> that was good. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but that first Broncos and Roosters game despite getting smashed by Stags, uh, the Roosters still won that game.
0: They did, yes.
1: So what what's the Yeah. Well, what are we doing here? What are we
0: The highlight we they... will say otherwise. All right, Jacob. I like Staggs throwing people. They did what they, they had to. Um, no. It's it's funny,
1: but it's not... They just didn't get it done. Yeah, round 21, um... Momorovsky scored the opening try and the beat the Broncos 34-16. to 16. Fuck Um... Me. Not only that, but despite the fact he was a bit busted at that point, Katoni mm. Staggs was also, um... He he took what was it, thirteen runs for eighty-four meters, whereas Dean Mariner took ten for ninety-six. Yeah. Uh with way more post contact meters too. So that's that's a bit probably don't want to get outdone by Dean Mariner, but it, it is what it is. Um yeah. Yeah. Also that's something I wanted to talk about, uh, that strategy of constantly running the ball tags. Staggs was forced to make nineteen tackles, uh recovering from the shuttle injury from Origin, whereas Dean Mariner was only forced to make eight. So their plan was just to run the ball in him all night. That's not including the five missed tackles and two ineffective from Stags.
0: Bloody hell, he got hammered that night.
1: He did. He was he was doing lots of work. Um, and that's obviously we going back to that early discussion from this episode about how certain teams kind of run this architecture of their attack to go at certain 2-in or 3-in defenders. Yeah. And that's an example of them doing it to katoni Stags after his shoulder injury in Origin, because obviously that's going to affect your tackling a fair bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Well, I, like I said, I think it comes down to preseason. Uh, Momo did great in that Panthers side. Uh in 2021, of course, when in the Premiership with them. Uh, And I think everyone suffered at the Roosters last year because I think they tried to become a more structured team and that's what I've put in my notes here. Play to their individual strengths. Do what Tim Sheens does. That's what Todd Payton does. Allow the players to play to their individual strengths. And I think that's what uh, happened when they moved Walker from 6-7 to and Kiri back to 6 so that's what I'm going to keep my halves this season. I'm going to do six and seven. Kiri at six, Walker at seven. Yep. Um, Allow for that unstructured footy. Manu does great at it. Tedesco does great at it. Walker, that's his game style, man. Um, starting forwards. Now, we had a little discussion over this prior to the episode being recorded. Uh, because... The person that you mentioned is currently on a train and trial and because of the current negotiations hasn't signed a contract. Um, I've got Jabria Hargreaves and Lindsay Collins, my starting prop forwards, but you also mentioned Matt Lodge.
1: Yeah. Um, I... I think it's just going to be an interesting space to watch what happens with Lodge's train and trial, whether things get finalised, whether he ends up playing. Um... Truthfully, we've, I don't think we're quite going to know until it happens.
0: Yeah, it, um, because negotiations are going rampant at the moment. Uh, you've had multiple spokespersons out of the uh, RLPA uh, come out and say multiple things. Emma Tonogato, Christian Roush, and Kurt Caprell. Um, they're just, at the moment, NRL aren't budging, man. Um, yeah. Uh, it's also why we haven't been able to see any Nanai or Toddy Payton signings yet. Re-signing, I think
1: it's mostly a Nanai one. I think, Todd, yeah. they're just not really Not sure. Announcing.
0: Because they've, he's had a 50-50 rate at the moment. He's had one bad season, one good season.
1: Yeah. Well, even that bad season, I think, he, he had Morgo retire Yeah, he had a right lot away, going so.
0: wrong in his first year. He had a lot on his plate. Yep. Um second rowers. I've got Angus Crichton and I've actually got Tupanua. Ah oh, fuck I can't say his name for the life of me. Tupanua. Yeah, Tupanua. Um he's coming off an ACL injury, so maybe he may not be fit for a round run, but if he is, slot him in. If not, yeah add Nat Butcher back into the uh, second row, in my opinion. hmm um, I've also got Victor the Inflictor at thirteen, uh, coming off a good little World Cup with England, and he's an all-around like amazing player. Like he is a great thirteen on the levels of Cam Murray and Isaiah Yo. Like if you think of the best ball players in NRL uh, at lock, you're going to name the Radley uh, Murray Yo and then I would
1: add tamalolo you would, before I would add radley
0: but ball playing in general would you add
1: uh, ball playing um
0: would you add tamalolo over radley i don't think so as uh, a no. best lock uh, my
1: mind probably yeah my mind probably blanked out for a bit hearing the ball my, playing that's bit it's
0: all good my brother it's all good but no i like if you were just going off best locks in the game tamalolo is probably second. Yo, I'd, I'd put him somewhere around there. Yeah, I think Yo, just because of like being in that Penrith side and how he has a good ball playing, good playing and running game. Because I think mm. his running game is a bit underrated. Because he, yeah. more of his ball playing gets recognised than his running. Um, bench, obviously this will probably change. Depending on Matt Lodge and what's to go with the 14 kind of like the Cowboys in this situation at the moment because with the 14 you have multiple options you have Watson Turpin and Drew Hutchinson I was Hmm. leaning more like I I, to be honest I completely forgot about Watson when I was making this and I feel really bad about it Um, is there a world where you can have Drew Hutchinson and Watson on the same bench
1: Um, maybe, but you'd have to exclusively plan on using Watson as a middle forward and have the rotation work like that.
0: I think so too. That's the only way I could probably see it, uh, with, like, watching Watson, in, like, I think if you have Watson as a 15, he can immediately replace Radley. I mean, you get the same effect, just with a different blow. Pretty much. Uh, but that'd
1: be, that'd be can... the only circumstance in which you'd want to do it, I think.
0: Yeah you're just getting less penalties with Watson and less head knocks. yeah, Occurring. Um, because you all know, the inflictor can go hard sometimes. Uh, Broncos, 2021, he got sent off twice in the same game for 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, um, they're copying the two sin bins. That was also an Albert Kelly masterclass, I believe. Yes, yes it was. Um, that was, I watched that game at Winner Manly Leagues Club when it happens. Joseph Swillie's debut as well. Maybe. It was. It was.
0: Oh, okay. I thought he debuted against someone else. There you go.
1: No, well, he debuted, and that was when he was seventeen because they had to get an exemption.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, with my remaining three bench spots, um, with the one I've drew up, I got but I got the Butcher Brothers, so Nat and Egan. And I've mm. got Terrell May. Terrell May. As my seventeenth man. Mm. Uh, solely because I think that's he's for the bench, uh, the middle forward rotation. Big body. Yeah. yeah, that'll
1: be a big focus for them ends. I think that just depends on the fact that whether lodge is playing or not.
0: Yeah. Um. I I just I look at this side and I think, oh my god. I don't think this is as good. Obviously, I don't think this is as good as their like two year dominance in eighteen nineteen, because w- one Walker isn't Kronk yet, <laughs> um, and you don't have Cordew in this side. Yep, but I, I just look at it and go, these guys. I, I honestly think they win the Premiership this year. It's out of three, and that's Penrith. Cowboys and Chooks, uh, like they're I think they're the big ones. But and I think adding cheese to this roster is going to be very important because I just every time I think about it, I just go. You get someone you, you get a middle forward in the second row, do a fast play to ball. Cheese takes a run from dummy half, gets ten to fifteen meters because you know how good his running game can be. He can easily get um, PCMs. And then you have someone like Tedesco take a run from dummy half. And then Manu. And then you get Walker gets the ball. And you get Tedesco to run it again. I just think this Like, they can easily steamroll teams with their fast play balls. And they're great running... Ball running players. Especially with the effort that uh, Tedesco and Manu can put in. Yep. I there's three big teams I can't wait to see play this year: doggies, chooks, and um, cows. And a Titans. fair shout, Titans too, just to see how they go.
1: The Titans are going to be amazing.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Um. Well, not not amazing in terms of like performance,
0: a, but watching their games.
1: they yeah, they're going to be fun to watch.
0: Yeah, like there's a like there's a lot of interesting changes. Insides like you got Tigers, Knights, and Titans, like changing their sides. Uh, recent news that we'll talk about in a second uh, with uh, the halves. But for the time being, who do you want to watch uh, for the Sydney Roosters in twenty
1: twenty three? I think Walker is going to be a particularly key element of it, obviously, uh, but in particular because. They need him to develop. They've pretty much gone all in on Walker. Um, they they still have Sandon Smith in their development system. He's a good player.
0: Who's that, sorry?
1: They. Sandon Smith.
0: Oh, Smoothie's little brother.
1: No, not not a little brother. This is an actual person, Sandon Smith. Um, he's He was there before, Brandon. He plays over at... Roosters, mostly for North Sydney. He's a developmental half. He's played in New South Wales Cup. He's been pretty good there. Um, oh, yeah. He also played for the Roosters in the trial game last year. And yeah. it'll be interesting to see if he plays there again. He's a pretty good player. Um, He's also got a high potential, but he is a controlling seven as well. But he's obviously much further behind in his development than um, Walker is, obviously, because Walker is entering... <laughs> What is now going to be his third season of NRL, and they they need him to improve. Uh, not just them, but also Queensland needs him to improve.
0: Yeah, because I don't think there's a lot of like, there's not a lot of depth with um halves for Queensland, like half Ah, uh,
1: they've like premier. They've got DCE, and if DCE goes, they've then got Hunt. That's true. Yeah. So and but that's. Do you, do you want Hunt playing? Uh, Walker, though? Yeah, you do, but worst, worst comes to worst, you can go Marnie 9 in Grand 14 yeah. and run a similar thing because they're both going to be kicking, tackling 9s. Yeah. Um, But either way, it's... they. Ideally, you want Walker to have a gun enough year to make them think, hey, maybe we should play him. Um, I don't think they play him, obviously, Niger, because DCA just... Um,
0: well, well, he was in origin so, camp DC a game this past year.
1: He was, but when DCE captains you to a series win, you probably don't book Jamie. DCE unless unless it's like an insane level of difference between the two.
0: Yeah, like Sammy Walker's like just on a rampage.
1: Yeah, if Sammy Walker is top three halves in the comp and DCE is absolutely stinking it up, then you take a look at it. Yeah. But we all know Billy Slater grew up in that Queensland team that values loyalty a lot, so...
0: Yeah, and that's a big one,
1: 100%. Yep.
0: Loy- loyalty over anything, I say? Yep. Um, I really just want to watch Cheese play. He's in a new system. This is, like, the first time he's been in a new system in his NRL career. Obviously, um, he was with Cowboys originally. He... Went to Curran State High School, one of the, the one of the, the second best rugby league school in Dansville. Um, and then he went to Storm, obviously, and he was really great uh, there. Be interesting to see how he goes at Roosters because it's I, I don't know if that's different. I think the Roosters have a lot more prestige over them. This is like how old they are, and he's playing with the one of the best fullbacks. He's playing with a, a solid forward pack. To see, and I think this is his true chance. His like his first ever real chance to be the starting hooker for the like overall for the first time. Because obviously you had Smith, uh, Cameron Smith there. Then you had Harry Grant come back from loan. This is uh, Cheers' first real chance to shine as a starting hooker. Will he play 80 minutes? Maybe not. But they've signed him to be their primary hooker. Yep. So, I think you've got a more mature Brandon Smith, which is good. He's Mm -hmm. absolutely going to take this chance by the horns, and it's up to him now to see whether he flies too close to the sun or he stays on the ground, level-headed, humble.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So it's going to be an interesting year for Chooks, and I can't wait to see how they go. Um... Now, onto a little news that's come over the past two days. It got announced Monday, if you didn't know. Apparently, Lockie Miller's going to sign with the Knights for three years. Which kind of just confirms KP to 5
1: Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how it works.
0: Uh, we spoke earlier about... Uh, earlier when we did the Knights preview that we thought that... Um, if... KP was playing fullback. That the Knights' playmaking ability was going to be similar to how they did it with Clifford and Pierce, with Clifford controlling his side of the field and Pierce controlling his side. So it was going to be a shift um, control between the two halves. Does that now change with Hastings and Palmer being your two halves? Do you just let Hastings do all the organization, and you let uh, Ponga just be a fast-running 5-8? Pretty
1: much. Uh, All you really need from Hastings is, and I I like this move if it means Hastings at 7. It's much better than Hastings 7 and Gamble 6, because there's not really much creativity in that halves-pairing. Whereas you bring in Hastings 7 and Ponga 6, it means that Ponga can throw those pills out from second receiver, take the wide on.
0: I think it also <laughs> gives him a lot more chance to work with uh, Lockie Fitzgibbon, which we know he, he's liked before. And like you said earlier, um, when we spoke about the, half, uh, the uh, spine in our previous episode, we said it lacked a lot of Creativity, except KP but if you bring Lockie Miller in a bloke who ran for 270 metres on debut 8 tackle breaks against the Titans for Sharks you're going to add a lot of creativity because he's a f- brilliant uh, runner of the ball and he's a, gr- a great stepper um, and he can really make something out of nothing so having having those two spine players that have that spark in them is going to be great and, of course, you've got Jaden Braley, who's uh, a fantastic hooker. And then now you've got a well-sought-after organisa- organising half in uh, Jackson Hastings. Yeah. Again, my big issue. Does Ponger get more head knocks? I don't know, man. Like, he's in the defensive line now. And he's not coming off the kick return meters. But that's majority. Well. A lot of the times. So obviously one of the big head knocks he had last year. Was against kick out. And Panmich. He tried to cackle kick out. And he just went limp. Like he just fell to the ground. And then it was against roosters. Where he got another one. And he was going in for an overlap. And he got smashed in the head. So. Now with him not roaming. And does he just stick to his side of the field and not roam as much? Because you just let Lockie Miller do it?
1: Uh, Ideally, you definitely still want Ponga playing second receiver on both sides of the field. Um, He's the kind of player that you want getting his hands on the ball as much as possible. I think Miller as well, it'll be interesting to see how the attacking shapes work with him, because he was initially a half when he started playing rugby league. Before that, he was playing sevens in Union. Um... So he likes to get the ball in his hands and pass it, but he also has that dangerous kicker game. I think I just like those signings because they're more crafty ball players, uh, running types, and that helps to counteract Hastings, who is very much just a dig into the line and throw type player.
0: How, so I, I think uh, Jackson Hastings will be the primary kicker, of course. How do we see Ponga kicking? 20... Ponga actually has
1: a brilliant short-kicking game.
0: He does with his gobbers, yeah. We have seen it's, it.
1: it's, it's been absolutely fantastic. I think his distance-kicking probably won't be too great. But other than that, his short-kicking game, there's not going to be any problems there. He's very crafty at what he wants to do.
0: Well, he may not even beat a start in 5-8 come round one uh, because apparently he did his like little calf, his calf muscle recently. Yeah, he did like, a part. Yeah, I did see this. Like it just looks unluckier and unluckier with Knights with and KP. Like they have, they started to look like they're having a good preseason with the signings, and then this comes in. It's the same thing like Jaden Braley last year, and now KP. Don't know how long it's gonna he's gonna be out for. Uh, I we do know it's a minor tear, so he won't be out for long. It's just a more recovery
1: of, the better, really yeah. considering. A lot of their season does rest on him,
0: and uh, is the team over in Newcastle smart enough to do like to let him just rest, or does Adam like just become frustrated at one point and just say like, "Get on the field, please"? You you wouldn't, you want to play it smart? We've,
1: yeah, I mean we've got no idea what they'll do, yeah. so it really depends.
0: After the shocking season last year, they need to improve. So uh, they either improve, or I think O'Brien gets the sack.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that does pan out.
0: I wonder if um that I can't remember what betting company did it last year, but a betting company put up every
1: which coach is the first one to get fired. Is yeah, that the one? That one. Ah, oh, that was a horrible idea. I hated that.
0: Um yeah man people will bet on anything I saw a thing the other day someone was betting on ultimate frisbee in America because saying yeah people will bet on anything for a quick buck man
1: it's ridiculous
0: yeah um was there any oh I've, I don't want to talk about it because it's I, I think it's bullshit. And that's the uh, um Saddle and Cobo apparently came back to train an overrate. I think it's bullshit. Media talking up her ass to just get to look down on Broncos. And obviously it, it came out the moment Cobo talked about the uh with the potty, which we won't talk about, I don't think. Sis? Um there was um. a news article saying that Cobo came back to training over rate? Yeah. And then uh his podcast his podcast comments in October that
1: I I still can't believe it took that long for it to blow up.
0: Yeah, what the- it happened in October.
1: This is, this is this is so funny. That's the way that it just suddenly like and surely someone at the Broncos would have seen this. Like, if one of your players does a <laughs> podcast Surely you realize this and it doesn't take a media blow up for you to recognize it. Yeah. Um, I think that while what Selwyn said is probably true in some capacity that he's not an amazing coach, it's not like I don't think this is as big of a deal as a lot of people are making it out to be. Um put simply because we've seen much worse. Yeah. Um, and the the punishment, if you can even call it that, that's been given to Cobo, just where he's been sat down, had it speaking to but that that's nothing because, you know, back in the day it was like Justin Hodges would sign with the Roosters and Wayne Bennett would literally have him playing for the Clydesdales or whatever for an entire season.
0: Yeah, that's right. Fuck.
1: Like that's so this is this that's is nothing and it'll get handled because everyone wants Cobo to play good footy. Yeah. And obviously the Broncos put in their own press release, they were saying that Oh, Cobo's late for training and all that. You have to understand that a large majority of the NRL Media is owned by News Corp, who are actually the owners of the Broncos. So if if the Broncos are trying to peddle you know, these things about Cobo, like, oh, he's lazy, he's a bad trainer, they're, they're probably just trying to keep teams away for the sake of retaining him.
0: Yeah. I didn't know so News Corp I don't think... owned Broncos. What?
1: Yeah. They do.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, that's interesting.
1: It's, it's a very interesting, um, it's very interesting to see how it works.
0: Interesting. All right. Well, I think this is going to be it for this week. Um, we'll be back next week, maybe, uh, pending on content we can actually do, because obviously it's a couple more weeks until trials start. Um, fuck, we might even just do a, uh, SRL review. Of the nines, yeah, yeah.
1: So I was thinking that'd be great fun.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I'd do it. So stick, uh, stick with us. Uh, we'll be, we'll keep you updated. Uh, we'll be also releasing more content on the page. I'm looking to get some more stuff out there to expand. Um, but until then, what do we love, Jacob?
1: We love our footy.
0: We love our footy. Thanks, everyone.